grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of the world's greatest gift giver, Jesus Christ, through whose precious and holy blood you have been washed and cleansed. Did you notice the change in pyramid colors this morning? They're blue. Blue is the color that represents hope in the church year. Not the kind of flimsy hope that you may have of your favorite team winning on the gridiron this afternoon or that the high temperature tomorrow will be 50 degrees. That's not the type of hope that Advent and the color blue represent. No, it's a firm, rock-solid, confident hope that Jesus was born to bring into this world and to win for this world and the reality of that hope which he promises to bring with him when he comes again. And that reality, brothers and sisters, is something we need to keep in mind as we live out our lives on this earth. Because there are not many things in this world that are unshakable and that we can have firm confidence in. For example, here I have two columns of cups, two pillars of cups, right? Um, If I shake this one, these are all nested together. They hold tight, right? It's not going anywhere. They're firm. Now this one, they're stacked end on end. If I just move the bottom one a little bit, they all come crashing down, right? It's a flimsy hope. It's not the hope of the Bible. It's not the hope that Jesus comes to give us. No, the hope that Jesus came to give us is an unshakable hope. It's a true confidence, something that you can trust is going to be secure and never let you down. It's important for us to understand the difference between those things that we can count on and those things that we cannot in this world. And some of the things that that we think day-to-day are always going to be there for us um, are the things that in our lesson that I read for you as our gospel lesson, uh, the Lord is going to begin shaking someday. And some of those things he's already begun to shake. Think about it. Um, Have you ever had one of those bad days uh, where everything's gone wrong or maybe there's been a car accident and uh, you're wondering, no, how are you going to pay for this? I don't have money for the deductible. And somebody will tell you, well... Just don't worry about it. The sun will rise in the morning, right? What can be as unshakable as the sun, the moon, and the stars, we may say to ourselves? Think about it. Adam and Eve received light from the same sun and the same moon that you and I receive light from every day. They could tell which direction was north at night in the same way we can tell by looking at Polaris, the North Star. It was in the same location then as it is now. I mean, what could be more unchangeable than the sun, moon, and stars? But what if they begin to shake? What if, one by one, stars and galaxies begin to drop out of the night sky? What if the sun shines with half its brightness? And what if the moon starts breaking loose from its current orbit and causing catastrophic tidal waves all over the earth? What then? Think you might feel a little insecure? Think you might be a little afraid, a little terrified? 
Well, brothers and sisters, it's not a matter of if those things are going to happen. It's a matter of when, according to Scripture. The prophet Isaiah foretells the stars and the heavens being rolled up like a scroll and the stars dropping out of the sky like leaves from a vine. And Jesus echoes those words for us in our lesson today. He said, There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Many people will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. So a day is coming when that which is seemingly unshakable, that which is constant, is going to change. And Jesus foretells that people in the world are going to be terrified. Strong young people are going to faint because of rapid breathing and and their hearts palpitating. They'll be wondering what on earth is coming on the world. And Jesus calls these signs. These events are indicators. If you're driving behind a car and one of the right back lights begins to flash, what does that indicate? Well, the driver intends to turn right. So what does it indicate when the stars start dropping out of the sky, when the sun doesn't shine like it used to, and the moon starts to wobble and come out of its orbit? What does that all mean? Jesus said, at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And so right before Jesus returns, he's going to begin switching off stars. Boop, boop, all over. Galaxies disappearing. We changes in the sun, changes in the moon. There will be tides that are just destroying sea coasts all around the world. And Jesus says, when you see that coming, know what it means. Know that Jesus is about to tear open the sky and he's going to appear with great power and glory. Stand up and lift up your hands in the air and shout and cheer because your redemption is drawing near. But one thing we need to remember is that the redemption Jesus comes to bring when he returns is not a redemption for everybody. And that's not because some people are worthy of God's redemption and some people are not. No, the real truth is that you're not worthy of any redemption from God. I'm not worthy. No one on this earth deserves to have God say, come into my heaven. The psalmist asked this question, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? who may stand in his holy place. And this is his inspired response to that question. The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. And so like pus oozing out of an infected cut, our hearts are festering. They're just pouring out with jealousy over those who have greater gifts than we do with greed and with obscene sexual fantasies. 
with horrid thoughts of revenge against those who have wronged us. And our hands, our hands are dripping with the slimy filth of kind deeds that are done for selfish reasons. I'm going to help you in your time of need so that you're obligated to help me in my time of need. That's not generosity. It's selfishness. And if your mother won't let you walk on her just washed floors with muddy shoes, how much less will our God in heaven let us come into his holy presence with corrupt hearts and filthy hands? Not at all. There's no chance of that. And so there's no chance of us making ourselves worthy of God's love and acceptance. And that's precisely why Jesus came into this world the first time. Because there was no hope of you cleansing yourself so you could stand in God's presence. In Jesus' heart, there was constant trust in God, not worry, not doubt. In Jesus' heart, there was a perfect love for his Father's will, a perfect love for his, for his fellow man, and he acted on it always. The kind deeds that Jesus did, he did for those who he knew could never repay him. No selfishness, completely selfless. He was worthy to be accepted into the presence of God because he had a pure heart and clean hands. And yet God banished him. On a Friday 2,000 years ago, the sun darkened and it stopped shining as Jesus was suspended between heaven and earth. And God said, I will have nothing to do with you. Even though Jesus pleased him in every way, God was doing that because he was giving Jesus what you should hear and I should hear away from me, you evildoer. That he could give to us what Jesus is worthy to receive, a home in his heaven. That's the redemption that Jesus won for everybody in the world. And that is the source of true hope. It's not maybe Jesus died for your sins. It's not Jesus died for most of your sins. No, it's Jesus truly laid down his life and took it back again for all of your sins. They're all gone. It's not perhaps you are loved by God. See, God isn't undecided. Oh, I don't know. Do I, really lo- do I really want these people to be in heaven with me? No, his love for you is firm and secure. He truly, definitely loves you. That is the redemption that Jesus came to give this world when he was born in Bethlehem. But unfortunately, when Jesus comes again, not everyone is going to receive that redemption. They will go on thumbing their noses at God, many of them, with their unbelief and with their deeds of self-service. With those, they'll be saying to God and to Jesus, you can keep your redemption. You can stick it in your ear. And that is why Jesus warns, be careful 
or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. For those who believe, Jesus will return with redemption. For those who do not believe, when he returns, Jesus will give them banishment. This past week, we've heard about the fires out west, right? And just a couple days ago, the earthquakes in Alaska. Don't overlook the meaning of those events. God is shaking the unshakable things of this world. as a reminder to you and to me and to everyone else that there's only one place where we can put our hope and find security. Not in the things of the world, not even the sun, moon, and stars, because they're going to shake and they're going to fall. So what's left? Jesus says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that the summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. The sun, the moon, the stars, they're all going to go. The mountains, they're going to go crashing into the heart of the sea. In the end, the one thing that stands is the word of Jesus Christ. His promise, I love you. His promise, I forgive you. His promise, I have prepared a place for you. Those stand. That's the unshakable hope that you have in Christ and that I have in Christ. And so these signs that are taking place around the world are a reminder to us to remember where our unshakable hope lies. It lies in Jesus Christ. But there are many, many people who don't know about that hope. And they need to. And it's for that reason that we've put in your bulletin boxes for this week these cards. There's friends spelled on them F R A N. Friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors. Take this home, pray about it, and then plan for telling the people you rub shoulders with about Jesus. Write their names here. Think of the people whom you know that don't know about Jesus or need to be reminded of Jesus. Put their names on this card. Post this card in a refrigerator or somewhere else prominent in your house and then continually pray over how you're going to tell them about Jesus yourself or invite them to a Sunday service or invite them to a Christmas service. We've got dozens of these business cards printed out. Christmas invitations. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Take handfuls, pass them out to everybody you can think of and invite them to come hear about Jesus who is our hope, who is the unshakable hope of the world. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when the stars start to turn out, the sun begins to stop shining and the moon goes off its course and all kinds of wacky things start happening in this world. 
The rest of the world is going to be asking, what's going on? Why is this happening? But you know, and I know. So let's let them in on it. Let's prepare them. So when Jesus comes in the clouds, they can stand up with us, lift up their heads, and cheer because our redemption has come. Amen.